Hey there, Edge of Friends. Welcome to the PL Playbook Podcast, a show about all things related to professional learning and education. I'm your host, Jackie Weinkoop, proud Pennsylvania educator, secondary instructional coach, and co-founder of Belfont Reads, a dedicated group of book lovers with a mission to put quality books in the hands of children and families. In the last episode, I talked at length about my district's twist on the traditional PLC model. So if you haven't yet listened to episode number 14, you'll want to do that first so you have context for what today's guests will be talking about. I can't wait for you to hear about the experiences of these two amazing educators. Okay, so I am so excited to welcome two of my colleagues and friends to today's podcast. So Leah and Allie, if you don't mind taking a minute to introduce yourself to listeners, that would be great. Hi, I am Leah Markert. I teach at the Belfont Area Middle School. I teach seventh grade ELA, and I have taught that exact same grade and subject for 14 years now. Oh, I know. Okay. 14 years with middle schoolers. (laughs) I like like it though. I do. Um, I'm Allie Durney. I have, this is my 11th year, I believe, teaching at Belfont High School. I teach social studies, so I get to teach AP World History, and mostly I get to work with seniors teaching U.S. government, and this is my 15th year teaching. Man, that goes by fast, huh? I'm not young enough, or I'm not old enough to teaching 15 years guys i'm at 20 years 20 oh 20 goodness. years girl you teaching. old <laughs> <laughs> hey now hey now yeah so 20 years teaching so we've got english we've got social studies middle school high school represented here and obviously my role as a coach but um i invited ali and leah on for a very special reason and that's because both of them have experienced participating as a member of our district's Belfont learning communities, which I talked about in the last episode, is this idea of a teacher-led and directed professional learning experience. So, Ali, I'm going to start with you because you are actually a member of our district's professional learning team. And actually, Leah, you are now as well. But Ali, you were one of the ones who helped to get BLCs up and running and off the ground. So if you don't mind sharing a little bit about your experience kind of getting this initiative started first to give everybody some background. Absolutely. Um, So one thing I I really do love that we've gotten going for us is like our commitment to professional learning. And it's not just, you know, development, but it's also the ability for teachers to be able to teach with with each other and to kind of work with each other and for the teacher to have responsibility in what it is that we're talking about. So like, that's very cool because we don't I mean, sitting and getting is not always exciting. Um, Not at all. So um, I really hold professional learning very, very closely to my heart. I really, really love participating because I love the energy of the people that I'm with. And in the, the our little subcommittee, I mean, Jackie, what do we, we sat for hours and hours and hours. Days. Like we got days. together at my house. Over the summertime, Over the summer. there were like babies involved, yes. right, right? Like there, I mean, we just. Potlucks. There were, <laughs> were. We, we dedicated so much time to this because we felt so strongly that teachers needed an outlet to be able to be kind of fully in charge of where they wanted to go with their professional learning. And that does not always happen everywhere. You do not get that option everywhere. So we felt like, okay, if we get this option, 
we need to kind of run with this. So I think something for me was just the idea of like teacher leadership or teacher responsibility. Um, because I'm not interested in being an administrator, like not in the slightest. And but but I do like to help people achieve goals. And like this was a way, this was a personal way that I thought I could do this. Uh, I also worked in another school district and we had mandatory PLCs. Great in theory terrible in action like communism you know like really good on paper but just terrible <laughs> whenever you actually do it um and so nobody had there there was no like need or desire to want to do anything nobody wanted to do action steps nobody wanted to try new things because we had to meet so it really wasn't the best professional use of time no yeah and getting getting these up and running and off the ground as you know was a big labor of love i mean our little subcommittee of our bigger professional learning committee put a lot of time and effort into making sure that if we were going to do this right, we were going to do it the right way. And we were, we were really serious about that. So, I mean, we had arguments we had, we would take things, yeah. you know, we would like go forward and be like, okay, why do we, why are we doing it this way? What is the purpose of, I mean, there was so much intention mm -hmm. in what it is that we are trying to do because we wanted, we wanted to do it right. We didn't, we didn't want it just to be another thing that we do and we can check off. We As, really wanted that. And I wasn't part of that committee, but I remember when you came back to the bigger committee, mm -hmm. how excited like you were to present it. <laughs> we were I remember yes. your enthusiasm and I'm like, wow, like, you know, they're super excited about this. This could be something really, really great. Yeah, so. definitely. Well, thinking of that, Leah, because you were one of the people who, yes, you were on the professional learning committee at the time, although you weren't directly involved in right. developing the BLC structure, you decided to participate in a BLC. So if you could share a little bit about why you chose to be a member of the BLC and then tell listeners what your topic of learning was and kind of walk us through what that experience was like for you as a learner and as a participant. And I don't, I, the, the topic of the BLC was fostering a love of reading. Mm -hmm. And I don't remember if that was created by you or somebody else, um, but that was essentially what it was focusing on. Like, how can we as teachers create a love of learning in our students? Mm -hmm. And so that's what it kind of started out as. Um, and I mean, we were at that point in time, I don't remember, what was this, 2018? 18-ish. It was pre-COVID. It was, I think it was 19, because I 19. believe I had a, one of the babies that I raised. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah, you so, had yes. the baby. So early 2019. <laughs> yes, right. yes, And yes. so I remember at that time, we were just really starting to, in our ELA classroom, kind of like touch upon the idea of that independent reading piece and how to, you know, foster that love of learning and to get them, you know, more interested in the independent reading piece. And so that's why I was like, hey, you know, that sounds like something that we that that would benefit me and my students. Um, yeah. Oh, actually, have started at the beginning of 2019. <laughs> See, on my, my notes. On my notes. <laughs> um, and so it was nice because I think it was made up of all ELA teachers. I, I'm not saying every middle school, high school ELA teacher was there, but it was mostly ELA teachers. And we would just I mean, the first meeting was hey, let's get together. Let's figure out a topic that we can then, you know, bring into our next meeting. And we ended up talking about how to build our classroom libraries, how to pick books for our classroom libraries, what good resources there were, uh, how to keep students accountable, how to motivate students to read, uh, just a, a variety of things that came out of that. And I think we met five, six, maybe even more times. And I feel like that is one of the things that I see even now in my classroom 
every single day. Like what came out of that is something I see in my classroom even today, you know, like the community that we had with, I've got this idea and I do this thing and it works for me. We ran, somebody, I ran with some of those things. I, I didn't, you know, create them. I stole them and ran with them mm -hmm. and everybody was willing like, Hey, here's a great idea. Try this. Here's another idea. Try this. And that was just, that was phenomenal to have that opportunity to speak with somebody who was one, wanted to learn something, the same thing, talk mm -hmm. about the same thing. And then two, to take that idea and say, some, you know, this works for me. I'm going to take it. I'm going to mold it to me and my students. And then I'm going to go with it. And there are so many things in my classroom today that are working and that I stole yeah. or borrowed credit. from yeah. some, yeah, credit to some other teacher or somebody else. So yeah, it was, it was great. I think it worked out. It worked. It was a really great thing to be in. So do you think it was, did you guys, did, did we start with ELA teachers? Because that's so. just where it most easily fits into the, I, I would think it's a hard, it's a hard win in a, so, and I love me some reading, but it's a hard win in a social studies classroom, right? right. To try and yeah. be like, let's foster a love of independent reading. That's hard. Yeah. That's hard to do. Yeah. And I don't know if it was necessarily like, that's the, that was the, the, you know, the one that first started out with, but I feel like somebody introduced that, whether it was Jackie or somebody else. And it was, that was the one that kind of I think started off so strongly. Organic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Well, it was I, just... I feel like the year before in our grade level meetings, yes. ELA meetings, we had started to dig into, like we were yes. noticing disengagement with our kids in yes. independent reading. They really weren't reading yeah. on their own time. They didn't have the stamina. Right. And so I had probably introduced some articles or some pieces mm -hmm. of research to you all. And we realized, whoa, this is a really big thing and something we need to focus on, but it's not really, you know, sustainable to take one or two or three times a year during these short grade level meetings. So yeah. I think what happened was as part of our rollout, we surveyed mm, our entire district. Yeah. And we yes. said, what are some topics that are most interesting to you that you want to explore and grow in your own professional learning? And I'm pretty sure overwhelmingly this yeah. independent reading at the secondary level, particularly came out as one that a lot of people were interested in. And so, yeah, it was, I guess, geared toward the secondary English teachers. But we had reading specialists. We had a librarian yeah, right, on there. Yeah. That topic itself didn't necessarily lend itself well to other content areas. I but think there were we other had a, social a middle school social studies teacher. I think uh, Jenny Kerr was on there at some point, but maybe I'm uh -huh. wrong. I feel like she was on there. But um, yeah, and I think at that point, we, we as ELA teachers were starting to be given funds to buy books for our classrooms. And so it was like... Oh, so this is when we did classroom library. Yeah, so this was, yeah, this I was, I want to say this was probably the, you know, you know, infant stage of yeah. classroom libraries, mm -hmm. building them and making, you know, that was what we saw as, hey, student engagement is down, student motivation to read is down. Yeah. What can we do to... How can we help? Yeah, how can yeah, we yeah. help that? Mm -hmm. And that's where the funding for, we started, hey, we need money. We need to get yeah. money for classroom libraries. You know, we need to, what do we need to do with our students? How do we hold them accountable? All these things that came out of that. Gotcha. I, th I think that BLC, honestly, was really the catalyst for a lot of the changes that yes. we've made yeah. in regard to independent reading at the secondary level. And when I sat down to think about these things, I started just making a list and I'm like, I just, even just looking around my room, like that came up from a BLC, that mm -hmm. came from a BLC, that came, like it was, I could list off 10 things that just came right out of that BLC. So how cool though to feel like something that you were interested in, something that you got involved in, and then something that you're actually using, Yes, right? Because how many times do we go to these By things? your own choice. Yes. By your own choice right. and, and it's working right. every day. Because how right. many times do we do these things yes. or we go there, or I have all these strategies. Oh my gosh, my mind is bursting. Uh -huh. Whoops. Yeah. <laughs> and then time gets away, right? Because yeah. it's 
it's just tough to to do stuff like that. And it was nice because you got to hear what other people had tried mm. and worked, and mm. then what they they did yeah. and didn't work. Like we talked, we didn't just talk about what did work. We said, "Hey, I tried this and it didn't work." I'm not saying it's not going to work for you. Here it is on the table. You can take it and kind mm -hmm. of run with it. But it was the conversations were phenomenal. You know, coming out of that, I feel like too. That's a really that's a good piece that you kind of pinpointed that I think we really talked about when we were trying to roll these out was that we have to be willing to try and fail yes. and yes. share. Um, because if you're only like, this is what I did and this is my data and I am <laughs> yes. just the best, that doesn't, <laughs> what is neat. Good yeah. for you. Here's right. a gold star. Go <laughs> somewhere else. You know, right. like I want to, or we've been, we're seasoned, right? We've been around the block a little bit. So I want to hear new things or different things, or maybe, oh my gosh, why didn't I look at it that way? Um, but the idea of like trying and failing and sharing, I feel like is so yeah. pivotal for BLCs. And it didn't, it never did, it, it never happened, but I could have seen that bigger group becoming separate, smaller groups. Like, hey, we three people wanted to work on this specific thing that maybe didn't work for us, but so we want to figure out how to make something work. And this group would have been like, this thing work, is working for us. Let's expand that even further. It never did happen. I mean, the that COVID dang hit. COVID. Right. I tell you. <laughs> you messed know? up everything. Broke I everything. But, but, but even with that short that amount happen. of time. Yeah. In that short amount of time, so much. A ton of changes. Yes. And honestly, that BLC continued and is still actually going on to this day mm -hmm. with some of the same people, some new people yeah. um, as well to kind of expand that learning because we're always learning and growing and changing. And one of the well, two things you really hit on and Ali, you just touched on one of them, but really it's this idea that the BLC is a safe space. Mm. You know, you have to, it's a place of comfort where you feel like you can share your wins, you can share your losses, is also the reason why we said administrators were not invited right. to participate because we, no offense to the administrators, my husband's an administrator. Mm -hmm. However, we didn't want them involved because we didn't want it to feel like somebody was watching or right. somebody was evaluating. And we wanted teachers to be able to share right. what was working and what wasn't Well, it helps working. if you're working with people that are living the exact same right. thing you are mm -hmm. and, and working with the same students. And as involved as, as involved as an administrator could be sometimes too, there's just that missing piece, you know? So it's, yeah. we put our sign on the door and we didn't let them in. So. And some did ask and were politely told no Lisa, thanks. no thank you, please read the sign on the door. And it was, it turned out fine. But you also talk about this idea of, it's a community yeah. and it's that idea of shared leadership. You know, yes, you're each taking turns sharing resources, sharing things you tried, but, and I touched on this a little bit in the previous episode, but one of the big takeaways or key, key ideas of our BLCs was that it is an idea of shared leadership, you yeah. know? Mm -hmm. So Ali, you may run yeah. the first meeting, yep. Leah, you may run the second meeting, and it doesn't necessarily mean you're in charge. You're just kind of making sure the learning's happening. You might curate resources, you might schedule you know, a space to meet at or whatever. So yeah, we had like a document that, you know, laid out like, Hey, mm -hmm. here's the leader. Here's the time, you know, just whatever jobs you felt like you needed. Mm -hmm. And then this is what we talked about. This is what we're going to do next time. Who's in charge next time. And that way it was that shared leadership role, which then nobody felt like I'm the head of the table, you know, or like, Oh, I have to plan. Right. This I have again. to do this thing. Yeah. Right. It, there was no planning involved. It was no. like, Hey, go and bring back something to talk about mm -hmm. next time on this topic. I will say, I will say for our BLC that we did, which was interdisciplinary literacy, which again, <laughs> it's communism, man. <laughs> Sounds great, it's but it's great. really hard to do because especially the secondary level, like we're all disciplinary yes. literate. We're all speaking 
our own languages a little bit. Yes, we do share a common language, but we should be speaking a little bit differently in math class than we are in art class. We should be looking at things through different lenses. And so it was really kind of a challenge because we, we had social studies, we had art, we had English, we had middle school, high school, we had science, we had, we had, ran the gamut. We ran the gamut. We had Jenny Kerr, um, oh, Allison yeah, was, was in, in ours. Um, and then we had a bunch of social studies. We had two or three English. We had one. Oh, we had uh, math specialists. We had Boff up here. Uh, there were so many yeah. different ideas. And so for a while, it kind of took us a while to figure out what the heck we were trying to do. Because we all knew we wanted something more. We just didn't know how to get there. And we used our text, like we based off our text, this is disciplinary literacy. And we were really kind of like focusing on that. And more and more as we kind of got our footing right before COVID hit, man, I was so excited because we were in it. We were feeling it. We, we had a vision and that <laughs> left. And that's okay because that's, and then we tried to get back into it after and it was just too hard. Partly yeah. maybe our, mojo was off but also because real life and because maybe there were just different struggles i mean we were all trying to learn how to teach synchronous and async right yeah. remember we yeah. were trying there to a lot like of different things hard. at play yeah. we were juggling so many different things and i feel like acknowledging that and saying that's okay i don't think it's a failed blc definitely not. i don't think i would i would rule it as a fail um but through that it's actually become sort of some of the work of the blc has become part of like the building goals for the high school, you know, some of what we did now, it's like learning to speak disciplinary, being disciplinary literate and being able to like help our students, what it means to be disciplinary literate across the board. Right. So I'm gonna go for a win. That's a win on that one. Yeah. The only failed BLC is the one that never meets. Uh, <laughs> all right, it's at this point that we ask Leah to leave the podcast. Thank you very much. But I think I think it's important that, that like you said, it didn't necessarily, it didn't fail for sure. No. Right? But one thing I want to be clear about in this podcast is like, and I said this from the very beginning, is that I'm not going to present that everything's all sunshine and rainbow. Oh, good yeah. Lord, no. Goodness. I mean, yeah, you can try some really innovative professional learning structures and experiences, but they're not all going to be perfect, you know? No. And this is an example of, and, and I think if COVID wasn't a factor, I don't think we would have seen, mm -hmm. you know, that BLC kind of fall to the wayside. And then still other ones are going and thriving, and we've had many of them since. But we have to acknowledge that it's not all perfection, it and is that's not. okay. It is not. And I think that something that's so critical, and I know that we'll probably touch on this maybe a little bit later, but like, it, it's if we want these kinds of things to work, we need to make the time to make it work. Yeah. And I feel like we just kind of ran out of time because there were so many other things that were, you know, deemed higher on the list, which is okay, which is okay. But it's sometimes, I think it was just really hard to get back into it when it was a little bit like pulling teeth with all of us trying to yeah. figure out where we're going to, you know, what are we going to do and where are we going? And well, and the big kicker was, so when we implemented BLCs, one of the things that we worked with the administration in was making sure that time was dedicated for these groups to meet. So for the BLCs that had formed, the district said on our district wide professional learning days, that team could choose to meet over one of our choice sessions. After COVID, because there were so many pressing professional yeah. learning needs, especially regarding teaching virtu virtually, we weren't we weren't really given that option. Mm -hmm. And so 
that really was the kicker because then the teams had to meet outside of school hours as part of our trade time, which some still did, but it's much harder to find dates and times that coordinate with all members. And so yeah. I think especially yours, because yours was so big. And like we said, ran the gamut of different content areas and different levels. It was really hard to probably find a time for your group to meet. Yeah. Outside of the like school day. middle school kind of separated after a while. The middle school people were like, I don't think this was, this is for me. And I think that's okay too, is that we recognize that like you can join a BLC and you could be in it. And even though it's not for you, you can take, you can go a different path. You know, you could say, no, thank you. But even still, like the biggest thing is you should meet every what, four to six weeks. And it yeah. was so impossible. We would send out doodle poll after doodle poll trying to meet. Um, but we couldn't, we, we couldn't do it, you know, it's just, and then the holidays cut, you know, it's just so hard. And I think now, I, I feel like now that we're back maybe to so-called, you know, normal with a professional learning roughly every month. I mean, mm -hmm. so, you know, sometimes I feel like now would probably be the best time to, you could run it that way. You mm -hmm. don't have to meet outside. Like you could do, if they're, if they're willing to let us have that one session, mm -hmm. a professional learning day, I feel like you really could make it work. Yeah. You know, cause they meet like, right. You're meeting what roughly every four to six weeks for a professional learning, mm -hmm. you have a professional learning. Yeah. So yeah. I feel like roughly now you could probably make that work. Yeah. And there's a few running that way. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm still in the one we're still focusing on fostering a love of independent reading because right. we, as we know, anything takes time. So this mm -hmm. is going on what, like year four yeah. of this work. Um, and actually our group met over one professional learning day and this past time we chose not to, because there were so many other great sessions. And we're just meeting for train time. That becomes part of the problem, too, is that we have these great sessions. Not problem, but, you yeah. know, a good problem. A good but, problem. like, we have these cool sessions that sometimes I'm like, oh, I don't, I want to learn something else. Like, I want to yeah. learn differently. Right. And so it's just, it's really hard that way. Yeah. But I love that we got the choice to do it. Yeah. Well, so thinking about that, you know, obviously this is a very interesting structure. And it would take a lot of, a lot of planning on the part of leaders and maybe other educators to get something like this going in their district. But why should, why should other educators advocate to get these types of teacher led professional learning teams started in their district? What's, what's the greatest benefit? I think the choice piece, like the, the idea that it's not a admin directed topic. It is a, this is a group that specifically chose this topic to work on, to talk about, to learn, to expand, whatever the case might be. I feel like that teacher choice or that, you know, whoever choice, the choice, it's just, why do we encourage student choice and in independent reading? Because choice is huge. Mm -hmm. You know, I think it's, it's huge. I would say like, we, we need communities, right? Like we need, what's the phrase? It takes a village, right? Mm -hmm. And so we need, so to even, I liked that I connected with I mean, some of it who some of the people who were in my VLC were my close, you know, friend group, but I connected with other colleagues who I would not normally connect with. And I feel like, oh, my gosh, we even still have a relationship to this day because of that. And so I feel like the more we can expand our community and help support each other, because, mm -hmm. again, teachers are probably the only ones that know what teachers are dealing with. Right. Mm -hmm. So to me, I feel like just having other people who can help you got your back just even lift you up that's so great that's so yeah. that's major yeah well and leah you talked about this a little bit when you were sharing your experience i mean obviously there's a lot of benefit in the blc structure to the teacher but ultimately all the work that we do is really right. meant to benefit the students so yeah. can you share a little bit about how your experience really 
helped your students? How did it impact your students? When we, prior to starting the BLC, there was that, you know, student, that lack of students wanting to read just anything. I mean, like I, across I, the board? Across the board. I would say across the board. Nobody was picking up There books. was, yeah. I mean, you know, it was just, they didn't want to read their choice book. They didn't want to read anything. I don't see that now. Like over the past, I would say two, three years, even right before COVID, probably the year 2019, like right when these things were implemented, you know, it was still kind of iffy. But now I don't face the problems I face with my student. There's nobody in there fighting me to read. There's nobody in there. Like I I rarely have a kid that falls asleep like Mm. in class reading anymore. One, because they should be picking books that they like. If you're falling asleep reading a book, go pick a different book, right, <laughs> you right, know, right. Like, Get it together, man. put it down. Yeah. Um, so I definitely think we've taught our students positive reading attributes, positive ways to approach reading. You don't have, if you don't like it, granted, people are going to put in front of you yes. something that you have to read. Yeah. That's you know, life. that's life. But I feel like the students have more stamina now. I feel like they have you know, the ability to be like, okay, I have to read this, but I get to pick what I read somewhere else, you know? So I feel like that they, they've seen that there's a balance that yes, I do have to do something that I might not want to do, but there's also, I get to pick this thing and it's my choice. And I think that's huge. You know, I mean, I, I, I see it across the board, uh, reading levels are, are skyrocket. Like yes. they are be, I, I have never seen students at these reading levels before. And that's just because it's a district Huge. Huge. And we're post-COVID. And we're post-COVID. Yes. Mm. Post-COVID, they are phenomenal reading levels. And just students want to read, you know. They're kind of disappointed sometimes. And it's like, not reading today. Yeah, they grown. Oh, 10 minutes off. Sorry. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just, yeah. So I work with, you know, of course, I work with all the teachers in the district, but specifically high school as well. And our high school teachers are doing this. And some of them are in our BLC now. Literally, I am not joking. At least once a week. I get either an email or a text message on our group message thread (laughs) talking about some positive experience with a kid in a book. Like literally there's 10th grade boys that come in saying, I read this book over the weekend. It was awesome. Like literally the teacher's jaw is dropping. I get at least probably an email a year, if not a couple emails a year from a grade above me saying, what did you do to these kids? They are. And I'm like, listen, it's not just me. Sixth grade. Like, you know what I mean? Every grade before me who's pushing this independent reading piece, it's not just me, but there, I always get an email. How do you, you know, all that, that I get emails. Uh What are you doing? They're reading. They're wanting to come in and read. As somebody who's just a a reader for pleasure. And so, you know, I have my, my sign on my door of what I'm reading. The amount of kids that'll stop and look and talk with Mm -hmm. me or kids that even understand cat, like, are even reading similar things. I'm like, well, we were not reading years um, ago. We were not, no. we were not having, but it's great because it lets, I'm connected with kids in a different yep. way too. Mm-hmm. And that's a direct yep. benefit from that kind of stuff. Yep. Yeah. So we can see the impact yes, academically, but I we do. just also see the impact yes. you know, in, in our interactions with kids. So yep. thank you guys both so much for talking about your experience with BLCs. Now, yeah. as you know, I end every podcast interview by asking guests the same three questions. It's meant to be a lightning round, so just answer really quickly. <laughs> oh, I got a nerve. No pressure. Okay. So, and we've got three and a half minutes to answer. We can <laughs> do so. the questions before my timing runs out. Okay. So, first question. Without providing any identifying info, briefly describe your worst professional learning experience and what made it so bad. I don't have a specific one. I just know that the prior to the choice the sit and get 
were probably some of the worst. Terrible. Ter absolutely awful. And I can't name a specific one, but because now that we have the choice, I feel like if I am at something and I disliked it, it's almost that it's, it's my fault maybe, not my fault, but you know what I mean? I picked something that wasn't going to didn't benefit match. me. It yeah. didn't match me. So why did I pick it? So yeah, the sit and gets were probably Dahlia stole my answer. She's a that's okay. Uh, honestly, that's a pretty common theme yeah. among yeah. my guests. Sit yeah. and get stinks. Honestly. Yeah. All right, next question. What was your best professional learning experience, and what made it so great? There's like so many. That sounds mm -hmm. like the lamest answer imaginable, but there are so many. Truthfully, it's just when I get something and then I have time to work with work it out to work at application yeah. just the other day lee and i were just yeah. chatting oh, up yes. that, that, yeah. that's kind of how this last kit, right week. yeah last week it came to be like we went to a session we got it we met in the collab tm and <laughs> we were able i was like i planned a lesson and then i went at, back afterwards and i still worked on it like i have something new ready for next i want to know how that goes by the way oh dear yes. i'm nervous okay <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I would say that anytime that you have the chance to learn something and then apply it immediately or have a conversation with somebody who is also maybe going to apply it or you, I feel like those are some of the most beneficial Our TD, some of the TDA ones. I am teaching TDAs the way I am today, yeah. which has proven to be beneficial yes. because of prior, yeah. you know, professional learning. So application. Text-dependent analysis. Thank you. That's oh, the, the more in-depth, it's the the more in -depth yeah. constructed yeah. response. So, yeah. Oh, Application and yes. collaboration. Yes, I think those are probably the keys. And the last one, and we have about a minute. Yes. If you could only give one piece of advice to those planning and or facilitating professional learning experiences for educators, what would it be? Listen to what your people need. Listen, and then don't be afraid to do it. That's more for the planning and for the implementation. But, like... If you're asking people for something, don't just like keep that survey. <laughs> like do it and then try it. And if you fail, big whoop, right. you fail. Right. Don't ask for the choices. Don't say, what do you want? And then just be like, I did that just so you felt like yeah. I, I was asking for your opinion, but then I'm not going to use it. Use it. They know what they need. They yeah. know what they want. They know what their students need. So trust. 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 Trust is a good Nailed one. It. Trust your teachers. Yes. They know sure. what's best. Right? Yes. Yep. They're with the students every day. Yep. We're by no means perfect. Yep. But they but teachers know what they need. Yeah. Teachers or teachers Trust know us. when something's missing. Absolutely. And try it. If it fails, yeah, oh well. Move on. Yep. Absolutely. Well, thank you guys so much. I have so enjoyed having you on the podcast. And hopefully you'll be open to joining me again. All right, let's calm down. All right, friends, that music means we've entered the takeaway time portion of today's podcast. I would absolutely love to hear your thoughts about my conversation with Ali and Leah. What resonated with you about their experiences being members of teacher-designed professional learning teams? Take a minute to reflect and then post your thoughts on Twitter using the hashtag PLPlaybookPodcast. Okay, so that's all for today. I hope you enjoyed listening and I encourage you to share this episode with your colleagues. As a reminder, you can find me on Twitter at LitCoachJackieW. Interested in being a guest on the show or have ideas for future episode topics? Take a moment to fill out the Google form found on my podcast page. Until next time, edge of friends. <laughs>